Hey, welcome to the Unbelievably Ordinary Podcast. I am your host, Angel Cervantes. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about uh, ordinary shit. Nothing special. Just another podcast to throw in the bunch. An audio journal, if you will. Um, the other day I was sitting in traffic, and there was this car next to me, and, you know, you're just kind of zoning out as you do in traffic. Nothing fun, right? And then I, and then I kind of, he has a vinyl sticker on the back of his windshield, and, uh, I start kind of, you know, reading it, and it says, in big, plain, Times New Roman, says, I hope I don't feel like this forever. Excuse me? Hey, buddy. You suicidal or something? Are you okay? Because either way, there's no way in where, like, there's no scenario in where that's good. If you feel good and you hope you don't feel like that forever, hey, what are you? A masochist? You want everybody to know you hate being happy? And if you feel bad and you want to feel good, you or you hope you don't feel bad forever, hey, so does everybody else. Take it off. What are you, broadcasting that you feel like everyone else wants to feel bad forever? No one. And it got me thinking, what kind of guy sits there because it was a guy and he did look a little suicidal but who doesn't sitting in 405 traffic five o'clock on a friday everybody looks a little suicidal but anyways i was thinking what kind of guy goes to the store because the the it wasn't like it was like a like uh uh a phrase that was all one sticker it was like words that were pieced together sticker by sticker you know what i'm saying so he bought these like all individual stickers what kind of guy goes into the store buys i hope i don't feel like this forever letter by letter and then goes home and just puts it on their car and's like yeah that's a good idea hey buddy Get some help. Get some help. And, because, and let me tell you another thing. When you're sitting in this kind of traffic, this rush hour traffic, and you know you're zoning out, and you read that, guess what, buddy? Now I'm thinking it too. Now I'm like, yeah, this guy's got a point. I also feel like driving my car off of this freeway bridge right now because you chose to put a sticker on your rear windshield i don't know that's just what i was thinking i don't know it just seemed really odd to me that anybody would put that on the on their back windshield why would you want to broadcast that why would you broadcast that i hope i don't feel like this forever Ooh, edgy Mm. that guy yeah that guy's got some problems also, he had a couple anime stickers on his car. I mean, I don't know if the, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's an anime. I hope I don't feel like this forever, the anime. 
<laughs> an anime about a, I don't know, a very effeminate boy going through life, hoping he doesn't feel like that forever. I don't know. Maybe if it was an anime, that guy definitely fits the bill. It's about him. He's definitely got to go sue because he's a very effeminate boy. I don't know. But that, that you, you know, it got me through my traffic. At least, you know, I have a, had about an hour commute. I spent the whole time thinking, what the fuck? But, you know, so anyways, moving on. I sold my car. I sold my car yesterday. I had a brand new. 2020 Dodge Charger wide body mm. I sold it felt pretty good I guess uh, contrary to a lot of people's beliefs apparently because everybody was like oh when I told them I sold my car they're like oh are you okay aren't you sad I sold it because I wanted to I didn't sell it because I had to you know, um, I'm going through a lot of things in my life right now, a lot of changes. Um, you know, I got the car like a year ago. Uh, you know, I, I worked for five years from 18 to uh, 23 at a mechanic shop making shitty money. And so, you know, I just had the same car for pretty, I had the same car since I was 17. I actually still have it. Um, but, uh, and then I, you know, I went through a little bit of a career change and I started making a uh, tons of money and a uh, tons, you know, relative to what I was making before, not tons, like, you know, I'm a millionaire or anything, but I was definitely making a lot more money. And, you know, what, you know, in this age of consumerism and being a young man, as I am, uh, one of the first things you think about when you first start making a little bit of money is like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go buy a car, a fast, expensive gas guzzling machine. And so that's exactly what I did. I went out and like literally within two months of having the job, I went out and I and I bought this car, this $52,000 car that like goes through a tank of gas like every two days and it takes like almost $100 to fill. But I was like, I'm, that's, that's my shit. I'm going to buy that car. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yep. You know, it has it was a charger, so it had four doors. I was like, it's perfect. I can bring all my friends, you know, my daughter, whenever she brings her backpack and all kinds of stuff that she wants to bring with her. I'm like, yeah, it's perfect. I have enough space because my other car is a 2007 Honda Coupe, you know, so it doesn't have that much room in it. Friends are always complaining, always a bitching. Why do I got to sit in the back? Hey, buddy, you got to sit in the back. Guess why? Because I'm driving. You want me to sit in the back? You drive. Drive your own car. So I spent a lot of years hearing that shit. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a car that has ample space. And, you know, it's nice, big, a big motor. Makes a loud noise when you start it. Real cool. Or so I thought. <laughs> or so I, I thought. I mean, don't get me wrong. The car was beautiful. It is beautiful. Still awesome. Um, I still love the car. But, uh, you know, after I bought it, I realized, hey, like, this is just 
another thing. Like I had it for, you know, I think the the honeymoon stage ended maybe like, um, no joke, probably like within a week. Within a week. The first few days, I was like, oh my God, this thing is awesome. Awesome. It's got more horsepower just letting off the brake and letting it just move forward than my Honda has when I got the pedal to the floor. I could beat my Honda in a race in that Charger. All I'd have to do in the Charger was let my foot off the brake and I'd beat the Honda. So I was like, this thing is fucking amazing. It's awesome. And that was in the first 48 hours, that's what I thought. And then after I was like, hey, it's just a thing now. <laughs> it's just sitting in the driveway now. It's just an object. But you know, I think when you're young, uh, I mean, I still am young, but I think when you're growing up, uh, you know, when you see on TV and you see the cool guy or whatever, the rich guy, you know, they always have a badass car and all this stuff. And, you know, you're kind of taught like, oh, that guy, he's happy. That guy's doing it. He's doing it, you know. He's got it figured out. And so I think when you grow up thinking that way, um, and then, and then you tack on, like, all the other life shit, right? And, like, you, if you're just a generally, like, okay, life's not going too great, you start, like, seeing those things as, like, sort of milestones. And, you know, they kind of are. Because to be able to afford it, obviously, you're doing something different. You know, you're doing something right if you can afford a car like that. So it is kind of a milestone. But I think you see it as something that's, like, oh, once I get it, I'm going to get this, like, I'm going to be, like, at a next level of happiness, and that's going to be my baseline. You know, like, I'm going to achieve this level of happy, and then that happy now is my baseline for the rest of my life. Like, and I, as, as I keep progressing, my baseline is just going to keep getting higher. I think that's what you, th or at least that's what I thought, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, once I get this car, my baseline happiness, higher. It's going to stay there. Newsflash, post, post having that car, uh, that's not what happened. <laughs> that's not what happened. What happened was, you know, like I said, I bought it. And then now I had to pay all this money <laughs> for this thing that just sat there most of the time. But also, side note, because, you know, I work a lot now. Because for a normal person that, you know, doesn't hit the lottery or isn't extremely educated in making super tons of money. Because I was making good money. Or I am making good money. But it's sort of a blue-collar job. Uh, and the way you do that when you're a person like me is you work a lot of hours and so a lot of the time and my commute was pretty far is pretty far so I wasn't going to drive it every day which is why I kept my Honda uh because it was more fuel efficient and all that so I drove the Honda pretty much every like five days a week and then I drove the other car two days a week um yeah that fucking sucks it's kind of stupid right it's kind of dumb it's kind of a dumb idea that you're gonna spend get yourself fifty two thousand dollars in debt for something that you're going to drive twice a week. Hey, sort of silly. <laughs> sort of silly. So um, maybe like six months into it, I started thinking like, man, you know, this didn't make me happy. Like it wasn't like getting, it wasn't what I thought it was, what it was going to be. Like 
it didn't increase my baseline happiness. It just gave me a hit of happiness. You know what I'm saying? A little key bump of happiness. A little, ah, oh, that felt good. And then it was like, all right. And then the come down. <laughs> and then I'm back to like regular, just regular old sad me, like still trying to find my way. And now I'm thinking not only now did I go from a job where, because, you know, when I was at working at, at the mechanic spot, I had got it myself, you know, over the years uh, through being irresponsible. I got myself about $5,000 in debt um just over time and it was just like mounting you know the the interest and just trying to live above my means still even though i had all this debt now and that see that's just financial responsibility at that point i I fully take i fully take responsibility for that but it was just mounting so then i was like man i've got to get a new job this was one of the reasons that kind of like it kind of shook me out of it where i was like whoa 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 like i spent five years here at this job I've not progressed, not even a little bit, and I've just got myself $5,000 in debt now. So I'm like, okay, I have to get a new job. And then, you know, I started putting in the work to, to do something else. And I became a truck driver because, you know, when you're not educated and uh, <laughs> you have no skills of note, that's what you do. You do like a manual labor job, which driving is kind of manual labor. I mean, you just sit there, but, you know, it doesn't take much. It doesn't, it doesn't take a, a big brain to be a truck driver, you know? It just takes someone that has decent driving and common, you know, common sense and can sit there for long periods of time. So, you know, I went, I went and put in the work, got my license to do that. And I got this job and, you know, within the first two, you know, the money's really good. The hours are long, but the money's good. So within the first two months I paid off the debt. I was like, all right, awesome. I'm out of debt now, but Hey, in those two months, I also, now, like, you know, at this six-month point, when I look back at it, I was like, hey, I paid off my $5,000 of debt, and then I got myself $52,000 of debt, which <laughs> is stupid. Hey, buddy. Stupid. Hey, former me. What are you doing? So whatever. So then I thought about it, and I was like, hey, man, that's really silly. I can't believe I did that. I like I regressed. You know what I'm saying? I I increased my income, but I increased my output. What the money that was flowing out. And not only that, but I sat I'm sacrificing a ton of more like more of my time now to this job. So then the it begged the question, is the juice worth the squeeze? No. No, I'll let you in on a secret. It wasn't. It was kind of like drinking orange juice after brushing your teeth. That's what kind of juice we were having. It's like, yeah, it's still orange juice, but shocking. And it tastes like shit. It tastes like you're drinking a battery acid. That's what kind of juice I was having. <laughs> battery acid orange juice. So... Um, so then it got me thinking like, man, I, 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 you know, it started getting, it started getting into my head where I was like, man, this is, this is, this is bad. Like, this is not good. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think like, you know, what gave me that like red pill moment where I kind of like was like, I got blasted back, Dr. Strange out of body experience. Look at everything from the top playing Tropico third person 
omnipotent view of my life, you know? <laughs> and I started thinking, hey, you're going nowhere faster now. So I was like, oh, no, this isn't good. This is not good. Um, and I, and that, that was six, like six months ago. And I started like really starting to freak out. And I was like, man, you know, uh, I'm going to die here. Because, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of uh, older guys that work with us. And, uh, you know, pretty much lifelong truckers. You know, they're like in their 50s, 60s, you know, because it's not like a super physically demanding job. It's, I, I see a lot more older people in this type of workplace than I had like at my mechanic shop. You know, mechanic shop, you know, you're up and down stairs and under cars and it's like a lot. So I think there's like kind of like a, a point where you kind of age out of that. Uh, but this job, since you're just sitting, there's a lot more older guys there. And, and you know, they're all kind of stereotypical trucker body. And, you know, they're all kind of hobbling around because we sit for so long. You know, the hips go bad and the knees go bad and the back gives out and all that stuff. So I kind of like sit there in the mornings or, you know, when I come into work and I see them and I'm talking to them over the over the months and I'm thinking, is this gonna be me? <laughs> is this what is this what I have to look forward to? You know? And I think that really started to give me a lot of anxiety. Uh because it was one of the main reasons that I had left my old job. Is was I, I was like looking at some of the older guys there and I was like, hey man. The, not to be disrespectful, because I mean no disrespect, because my, my father actually was a, a manager of this place for a long time. But I'd look at the manager there, and I was like, hey. Which wasn't my father anymore at this point. My, my dad had moved on to do something else and make more money. So I, I, very, I give, him, give him a little round of applause for that, you know. Give him a little clap for that. He uh, elevated his lifestyle, even at like 45 years old. Still made the jump. Good on him. But the new manager, you know, he was roughly the same age. He was about, you know, about 40 a couple years younger but I was looking at him and you know he you know we would talk to him and he would say yeah you know I got this job when I was like in my 20s and all of that and we're like hey this guy did the same things we're doing and he was very candid about uh like how much money he would make and stuff like that and it wasn't much more than we were making you know so like seeing that sort of gave us insight to like what we had to look forward to it definitely kills morale when you, your boss is not making that much more than you you know so we're like hey man because i would talk to with a couple other coworkers, like hey man what the fuck <laughs> so you're telling me if i work here for like another 20 years i can make a couple hundred bucks more and i'll be where you're at no thank you I don't want to do that. So then that's what kind of jump-started me getting this new job. And, and you know, like I said, it, it it's I definitely leveled up to a degree. I made more money. Or I'm making more money. You know? Can afford a lot more things. Yeah. I feel a lot more financially secure. Great. But it's the same sort of setup where, hey, what am I... What what am I really doing? Like, what am I getting myself into? Am I gonna now? I'm gonna end up like these guys, you know? Yeah, we're making a little more money, but you're still wasting your life at a company being an employee working for someone else. You know, the higher ups, the big dogs, they're getting rich, going on vacation. You know, they're never they're never in the office, they're driving nice cars 
have nice houses, live in life. Meanwhile, we're here slaving away. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, that's just a setup. That's a setup to most companies. I'm not. I'm not bashing it because there's a lot of people that are would be more than comfortable to you know work long hours, make good money, and just have a home and just you know live you know life very average. Vacation maybe once a year, twice a year. Average. Uh. But yeah, man, that's not for me. <laughs> that's not for me. I don't. I've never been the type to kind of understand or really be able to grasp the idea of that, you know, like, so wait, you're telling me you got to just work your whole life and then you die? Huh? <laughs> and when I ask that to like older guys, you know, especially my dad, I'll, t- I'll talk to my dad about this. He'll be like, yep, that's life. I'm like, hey, buddy. No, it isn't. <laughs> There's a lot of people that aren't living like that, you know? Uh, a lot of people that are a lot more free. And that's kind of where my head's at, you know? Where I'm like, hey, man, you know, money's awesome. I mean, money's great. It gives you, you know, it gives you access to all the dope things in life. At least the, the dope things according to my value system, you know, because I would like to visit nice places, you know, have nice cars. Hopefully, eventually, one day, buy a nice big home, and it gives you access to all that. I have nice things. I'm not like a, I'm not like some hippie, not some dirty hippie. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Maybe the dirty part, yeah. You can be a hippie, just if you're dirty. Come on, no, nobody likes that shit. Nobody wants someone that smells like shit around them. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that. Maybe you like that. Maybe you like smelling shit. I don't know. Maybe that's your thing. Hey, buddy, you into scat? Not me. Anyways, I'm not like a hippie or anything. I'm not like, oh, you know, yeah, like I'm just a minimalist. That's not me. I like nice things. Who doesn't like nice things? Most of us like nice things. It's part of our ape brain, right? Ooh, shiny. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We all like nice things. There's absolutely zero wrong with that. But... And go back to that thing I said earlier, is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, what are you doing for those nice things? Uh, I guess in a in a weird way, you know, because some people probably really believe in being able to sell your soul. I don't. But I think that there are ways that you sort of can sell your soul. Hmm, I'm trying to think about how I can say this. Um... Working your whole life, 12 hours a day, till you retire, only to accrue, you know, a new car every couple years and have a nice place, like a decent place to live. To me, that's selling your soul. You sold your soul just to be a little comfortable, have a, you know, decent car, you know, decent home, nothing special. And if you live in California... 100% nothing special because you're going to get taxed to death. You're not going to be able to afford a very nice home. It's just going to be an okay home. So you live your whole life and you do that. And then you die. You sold your soul, buddy. You sold your soul because as people, we're 
capable of so much more. We're capable of experiencing so much more. And to just kind of give it all up for, you know, temporary comfort, you know, not even super secure comfort. Because, I mean, how many companies go go under or they end up laying a bunch of people off hey now guess what let's say 20 years from now let's say i would i were to settle at this job hey 20 years i I buy a home i do the whole family thing have a couple of kids have a couple of more kids and then you know buy a couple of cars and i do that whole thing and i'm just like you know super dependent on this job now because let's face it when you do those kinds of things it costs money you're not going to pay off a home on this kind of salary in a couple years it's going to be you know 30 year fixed type of thing so guess what now you're depending on this job guess what they'll lay you off they don't care they don't care you're just a name you're just a name on the sheet just another statistic just another employee number putting in hours and raking in the dough for them guess what they'll cut you loose they'll cut you loose and most of these people they have other business ventures or they're a little more financially educated they're a little smarter they got other things going on and guess what you are left in the dust gotta figure it out is that what you want to do Is that what you want your life to be? Not me. Hey, maybe you're comfortable with that. Hit me up. DM me. You want a job like this? I'll be more than happy to point you in the right direction. But I don't want that personally. So I know what you're thinking. So, okay. Let's say you don't want that. Let's say uh, you do want to live a financially independent life and be able to afford all the nice things and not have to work. So what the fuck are you gonna do? Huh? What are you gonna do? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> that would be a very solid question if you asked it. I I give you an applause. Applause break for that one. Because, uh, yeah, that's a solid question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I did say earlier... I had no skills of note, high school education. If you gave me that information on a paper and you said, hey, find a job for this guy, what is he going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't know, and I don't know. I wouldn't, and I don't. What I do know is that at least, you know, I'm at a point where a lot of people that, because I've had conversations, I have conversations with a lot of people. And a lot of people aren't even at this stage where they think that, you know? They're not at that stage where they think about work this way and and about spending their life. They're just kind of going through the motions. And people like that do exist. If you know what I'm talking about, then you must have you've run across people like this or maybe you're one of those people yourself maybe you're just like i don't know i just want to find a job and just kind of do my thing and just whatever maybe you're that guy or girl not me (laughs) i've met those people though and you know i have friends like that and they they are infuriating to me sometimes you know because i ask them so what are you gonna do i don't know i'm just like well you do something. You better do something. You know? And it's infuriating not because, like, I dislike that person. Um, it's infuriating because I'm, you know, perhaps a little further down the road than them. And I'm like, hey, 
I'm I'm getting close to the end of the cliff. You're heading the same way. Don't go, go another way. You know, so that's why it's upsetting because I, I don't want them to head this way and I don't want them to be at a point where they're going to be asking themselves the same questions that I am. I want them to, you know, surpass me and not have to even get there to where they're doing something that they love and enjoy and they're making money and, and I want them to get there. You know, I don't want them to get to the point where I felt trapped or I feel trapped, I should say, because I still feel that way. So looking at those coworkers and thinking that in the truck for 12 hours a day, because, you know, when you're in a truck for 12 hours a day, you have a lot of time to think. And I was like, man, I got to do something. If at the very least not have debt to where I'm dependent on this job, because a big issue with that car was $52,000. You got to pay it off. Because now the bank owns it and the bank wants their money. You know, nothing is free in this world. <laughs> nothing is free but air, oxygen. That's it. It's the only thing. And uh, if you don't pay it, you're going to ruin your credit. You're going to get your car repossessed. You're going to get all that bad stuff and it's gonna just just keep adding up and adding up and adding up and you don't want that negativity in your life especially when it's unnecessary for some people you know they're in positions where that kind of stuff is unavoidable you know made a lot of bad decisions some of them their fault some of them not their fault you know maybe they're born in bad bad places bad conditions bad things around them and you know but then a lot of people like me just you know had decent upbringing just made a lot of bad choices financially irresponsible my parents never really talked to me about finances not because you know not because they're completely ignorant to them they get they get the basic concept save your money don't spend too much but for the most part you know they were both children of immigrants so they get here and you know they're just a hundred they go from zero to a hundred they gotta just work 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 to just kind of build the framework and then comes along a kid like me that they have and you know the framework is still just being put up and you kind of got to just hey they're just like hey get to work start putting up these frames you know what i'm saying so it's not like you ever have time to plan for the future you're just building in the moment and you know a lot of people a lot of let's just be frank a lot of white people that have been here for you know generations and generations they typically have you know already their homes that are being handed down to the children that are already paid off you know children being their parents or you know whatever you know they're being passed down and financial uh responsibility setting up you know saving for college and doing all that stuff and it's smart i'm not i'm not you know i don't mean it in a derogatory way it's smart but they've just they've been here long enough to where they can think about the future you know it's kind of like that theory of uh, like the early humans, you know, where the only reason that we began to really develop societies was because we began to develop our intelligence and we began to become the apex predators. And then we gave ourselves enough time, enough of those periods where, hey, the smart people, the uh, beta males or the beta people in the society, 
you know, that tended to be the more intelligent. This is, and I'm not saying beta males because this is a, a, a thought of mine. I'm saying it because I saw it from some professor. I wish I could quote him, but I, I don't remember. I don't remember his name. Um, I'll look it up. I'll give you, you know, I'll try to cite my sources. You know, not used to this journal type, audio journal, podcast type thing. So, you know, we'll get the hang of it. Let's see. I'll make notes next time. Um, we'll look it up on YouTube. I believe I saw it on Lex Friedman, Lex Friedman's podcast. Okay. Okay. Beta Males 1 is the video if you want to go see it. Beta Males 1, How Violence is Responsible for Evolution of Modern Humans by uh, Richard Rangham. W-R-A-N-G-H-A-M. Rangham. Rangham. What kind of name is that, buddy? Hey. Make it more normal, Richard. Richard W. Just call yourself Richard W. But um, I believe from my limited intelligence, what I understood, uh, that uh, essentially betas were the ones that constructed uh, society because, you know, they weren't the best hunters or anything. So they kind of developed this deal with like the alpha males, right? Where, hey... The betas are gonna set up the society, and the alpha males go and do the do the legwork. So, but you know, because the beta males had time to not worry about the hunting and all that, they had time to develop their intelligence and come up with new things, and they develop a society. And then, when you develop a society that functions a little better than you know than than what you were have than what you had before, where you constantly had to be worried about just what to eat and how hunting and gathering and all that, then when you develop society, then you let people's creativity flourish and you let them develop new things and all all that right why was i saying this again <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> oh no this is uh okay we're running into our first uh podcast problem here uh hmm okay we're back <laughs> i had to go back to that to uh figure it out figure out what the fuck i was talking about i was just rambling for so long i, I just kind of forgot um but pretty much uh, what i was saying is that um you know the way we grew up you don't really have time to think ahead there's no moment for future planning like that you're just working and you know you just work towards these little milestones like buying a car buying a home and all that and you know it's cool it's a good, it's a good way to live for some people, but not for me. Uh, so to tie it all around, you know, tie it back, back to what I had originally said. I sold my car. I thought about it for a couple months, and I was like, you know what? This is the way to go. I need to, if I look at it objectively, I need to cut my expenses. You know, um, I cut my ties to this job because if I if I kept the car, I could pay it. You know, of course, I could, I can afford it, but it's not a smart investment. It's not a smart a way to invest my money, to invest my time, because 
let's be frank. I mean, it, just because you you know make a decision doesn't mean that you have to be tied to that decision forever. You don't have to be tied to your mistakes forever. Um, and I think a lot of people just kind of continue on down a road after they've made a mistake because they've just made it and they're like, well, I got to just live with it now. And you don't. You do to a certain point. You have to be responsible for your actions, but you don't have to just be your mistake now. You don't have to become your mistake and just be like, well, I just, you know, it's just what I did now. No. Find a way to get out of it. Walk it back, which is 100% what I did, you know, uh, because of the supply chain shortages and all that. Uh, cars have a lot of positive equity right now because there's a shortage of new cars because of the, you know, the computer chips and all that. If you, if you, if you've kept up with news, which if you haven't, I don't blame you. It's a little tiring. It's a little exhausting, (laughs) but if you've kept up with it, then you know. And so I was like, you know what? I actually can sell this car for very, you know, I didn't waste too much. I sold it for 50,000, bought it for 52. Of course, I spent money on insurance and all that. So, but we're not going to talk about what we've already lost. You know, we can't just focus on what we've lost and make a decision based off that. We got to make a decision based off the future. Got to take a step back, just like those monkeys, just like those apes. You know, they had a chance to. Hey, we gotta. <laughs> I don't know. We gotta cook this meat. We gotta cook it and eat it, and it tastes a lot better, and it's got more nutrients. Yeah, well, whatever, whatever, whatever they came up with. You know, you got to take a step back. And plan for the future. And so I was like, you know what? I don't have any notable skills yet. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't know how I'm going to become financially independent yet. But a part of that process is definitely um, getting rid of this car and cutting my my expenses down and limiting my money flowing outwards and trying to conserve my money so that way I'm not tied down to this job and I can take more risks and explore my options in the future. Yep. So that's what I did. I sold it. I sold it and I'm not sad about it. I'm not sad about it. Actually, if anything, I feel like I I got out of a bad marriage or something. You know, when I left that dealer, I was like... (sighs) <sighs> I can breathe. I can breathe now. <laughs> Not that I was like drowning or anything, but I just felt like such a uh, a feeling of like, I can pack it up right now. Now I could just call in tomorrow. I quit, buddy. I'm going to go figure life out. I felt like I can do that now. And I didn't feel that way before. I felt like I can't leave because I got to pay for this car. It's too much of a liability. It's too much a month. You know, the payment's too expensive. You know, the payment was the payment for that car was what I used to make in a month at my old job. So just think about that. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Um, so then once I did that, I was uh, throughout that process. I was like, you know what? Uh, because me and my my daughter's mother are separated, I only get to see her like once a week. I talk to her like every day, but she only gets to come stay with me once or twice a week. Um and, you know, it's hard for, you know, me and her have a beautiful relationship. I love my daughter to death. Uh, but, you know, when you're in a normal relationship and, you know, a normal, everything's under the same household, you see each other every day. You're way more involved in each other's lives. And and I feel like 
we don't get to see that from each other. You know, I don't get to see her every day. I talk to her, but texting and calling is different than being there and seeing them and, you know, being in person with them and reading their body language and what are they doing? And, you know, it's a lot different because she, if she's having a bad day and I ask her, how's your day going? She can just lie to me. But when you're in person, it's kind of hard to lie to someone for, you know, the, the whole remainder of the time that you're with them. You know, you're going to notice something. You're going to notice something's off. So that got me thinking, and I'm like, you know what? I want her to get to know me better. I want to be able to parent her better. And I was like, what better way for her to get to know me than if I just document all the struggles that I go through while she's not with me? Because when she's with me, I don't bring all of this to the table with her. You know, I keep it like, okay, I'm going to put it away and I'm going to have a good time with her and we're just going to do fun stuff and we'll talk about things and but she doesn't get to see the other like 90% of the time where you know I'm struggling and thinking about life and how am I going to progress my career and everything else you know she didn't get to see all that so I was like you know what I'm gonna start to you know log everything audio and video it's the way to do it back then people had journals now we have audio journals video journals video logs vlogs and it's, you know, it's a better way to consume media. It's faster. So that's what we're doing. So this has been the Unbelievably Ordinary podcast. We talked about unbelievably ordinary things. That's what we'll be doing at least once a week from now on. Hey, yep. I'm going to leave you be now. I got shit to do.